Welcome back to another week of Everything NHL, the hockey segment of the Fantasy for Next podcast. I'm your host, Nathan, and we're here with our hockey expert, James Kumar. Hey, what's up, man? What's up? So this week, we're going to uh, preview the Atlantic division of the NHL. Um, we'll start with uh, some fantasy stuff first, and then we'll take, I guess, an early, tickle an early prediction at um, who we think is going to rank in the standings. Um, so yeah, how does that sound? Yeah, it sounds good. Let's get into it. All right. So let's start with um, Boston and um, who are some players that you like? Yeah. So we'll start with forwards. Um, well, I'll just uh, talk about some players that are going to be fantasy relevant. Uh, we'll start with Brad Marchand, probably the best overall fantasy player on this team. If you're playing category leagues, it's going to cover pretty much every category. He's probably going to be drafted in the first round, most likely as well. So definitely a good player to have on left wing. You got David Pasternak on right wing. He's known for scoring goals. He plays on the same line as Brad Marchand. And I guess one thing about fantasy hockey is uh, players benefit from playing on the same line as other players. It's called stacking. It's called exposure. So you definitely want players that are on the same line with other good players, no matter what their skill level is. But I think both players have equal skill levels, so definitely really solid to draft. Then you got the center of that line, Patrice Bergeron. I know he's kind of on the older side, but he's been solid. He's been getting better even at his age. So, yeah, definitely a, a safe center to draft. And then second line, still pretty solid. Probably the best option would be Taylor Hall at left wing. Uh, he's very productive when he came last year in the trade deadline. You definitely want to uh, add him in your fantasy lineup. Uh, the right wing, Craig Smith, um, he was also very solid uh, late in the season. It seems like that he's sort of... Uh, uh, he got used to, I guess, playing for Boston since he came at the beginning of last year. So he he definitely is a guy that should be able to produce as well. And then I have Charlie Coyle there. He's sort of filling in for David Krejci after he left uh, Boston. Um, I, I know that uh, he wasn't the most productive last year, but I guess if you're maybe you have a late uh, round pick or you see him on the waiver wire, he'd probably be someone that could be fantasy relevant. So I just mentioned him. Sounds good. And I, I kind of liked what you said about um, you want to make sure that your players are playing with good players because that'll um, increase their production as well. Yeah, um, I mean, it applies to defensemen too. I'll just get into defensemen now, might as well. Um, Charlie McAvoy, um, that exposure that he has on the top power play with guys like Marchand, Pasternak, Hall, and Bergeron, that makes him probably the best fantasy defenseman from Boston. He'd probably be even a top 10 overall fantasy defenseman. He's really been solid. Then you got Matt Grizzlick here, who sort of had a breakout last year. He should continue to put up uh, good stats for you in fantasy. And then they acquired Mike Riley last year, who, you know, chipped in uh, quite a few stats there for fantasy. He was pretty relevant at the end of the season. So those are probably the three defensemen you should target uh, in fantasy. For sure. And um, how's the uh, goalie situation looking like? Yeah, so for goalies, uh, it's pretty complicated here. It uh, looks like Tuka Rask had surgery. He won't be back until January. He did confirm this week that he is still intending to play for the Boston Bruins. So it looks like he should sign a contract within the next few weeks or, or months. So uh, he's definitely going to be the starter when he gets back. But until then, you got Linus Olmark, free agent signing from the Buffalo Sabres. He was probably Buffalo's best fantasy player last year, if I'm being honest. So uh, yeah, he is a good goalie, good goalie, and he's going to a better team. So he should be really solid. So don't be afraid 
uh, to draft Olmark. And then maybe if you draft Rask late, you can throw him in, in an IR spot. Yeah, it looks like um, Rask should still have some value. Um, maybe like in like some leagues, they might end up going undrafted just because of kind of like the injury scare. But if that happens and you can just pick him up off the waiver, put him in IR when he comes back, you should be good. That's honestly what I would say. That's probably the perfect plan. For sure. And I noticed uh, you got a couple of rookies. So what do you think about them? Yeah, so we'll start with Jack Stanika. Uh, he plays center. Um, he's sort of that guy that if he gets into the lineup, he has a chance to, I guess, claim that second center spot if he plays really well. Then that would definitely make him fantasy relevant if he played on a line with both Craig Smith and Taylor Hall. So he's sort of that that rookie up front that I like. And then, of course, Jeremy Swayman. We saw him a little bit last year, but he's still a rookie heading into this year uh, in goal. So uh, with Tuka Rask uh, being injured, I mean, if something happens with Omar and he doesn't play well, maybe Jeremy Swayman can get in and, you know, prove that maybe he wants to be the number one goalie. So he's another rookie that you should probably look out for in fantasy as well. Yeah, it looks like especially Jeremy Swayman. Um, I guess he's kind of like a week-to-week fantasy player, if that makes sense. Yeah, you might only get one start per week from him. Like if there's four games in a week, Allmark might get three of them. He might get one. So I guess you just got to look for, you know, if he if he plays better, then maybe they'll give him more starts. And then when Rask comes back, I guess it's hard to project which of the, the three goalies they're going to play. So you'll definitely have to look out for that. Yeah, for sure. And I guess we can move on to the Buffalo Sabres. And um, what's their situation looking like? Yeah, Buffalo is a tough team to draft for in terms of fantasy. There's not a lot of fantasy relevant players. Like I'm going to mention a few players, but uh, I wouldn't recommend you draft all of them. Probably only have one Buffalo Sabre. In, if you're going to have one in your entire fantasy team, don't try and stack this team because I don't know how productive they're going to be. But we'll start with the forwards. Uh, Jack Eichel's big question mark. He's currently on the injured reserve. Um, he has, I think it's a neck problem. He has to get surgery for it. Maybe he's just going to rehab it. We don't know. Uh, but he's definitely a guy that also wants to be traded. So I think it's a it's a little tough to sort of project what his fantasy value is going to be with Buffalo this year. So he's going around probably the fourth or fifth round in drafts. So maybe that's a little high. But then if he does play, that, that'll be a little too low because he's very productive when he plays. So he's probably going at the right spot. Probably draft him if you have enough good players up front that you're not relying on him. If he's your number one center, that's going to be kind of tough in case like, he doesn't play for a while. But yeah, that's my outlook on him. But it, let's just say he doesn't play. Uh, you'll probably either have Casey Middlestad or, or Dylan Cousins as the number one center. Uh, both really young players. Both of them, um, uh, Cousins, it was his first year. You know, he, he had quite a few points as a rookie last year. And then Casey Middlestad sort of had a better year than his uh, last couple of years. So both of them are viable. Uh, they should be fantasy productive at least. Uh, probably the best player you'll get in Buffalo in terms of forward is Victor Olofsson. The guy shoots the puck a lot, gets a lot of power play points, definitely stuff that you can have for fantasy. He'd probably be my top target in terms of forwards if I was going to have one. And then I just listed Jeff Skinner because, I mean, he is talented. He just hasn't been playing well enough up to the contract. And I guess just staying in the lineup, he hasn't been playing well enough. So uh, he's talented. He definitely can bounce back. So I just I just put him there in case he does. And yeah, that's pretty much the forwards uh, for Buffalo. I'm guessing for like the forward situation outside of uh, Victor Olofsson, it's going to be kind of tough to see like how productive the other forwards would be, especially considering um, Buffalo is rebuilding. Yeah, it's just really tough. Obviously, other guys can emerge. Like I'll talk about rookies and stuff later, but 
honestly, yeah, when you're drafting from Buffalo, the plus minus is probably the part that's going to give your fantasy team a little bit of a hit. But if they're productive in other categories, like a guy like Olofsson would be, then I think you should be able to outweigh that risk. Yeah, for sure. And I guess uh, what's defense looking like? Yeah, defense, I think, is a little bit better. You got Rasmus Dahlin. I know he had a rough start to the season last year, but he was really productive at the end of the year. Uh, he was getting a lot of uh, shots. Uh, if you're playing a hits league, he was getting a lot of hits. His plus minus, I believe, was either even or better near the end of the year. So he was playing a lot better. He plays on the top power play. He's going to get you points. Uh, if you want a, a defenseman, maybe a second or third defenseman on your team, I think he's an okay pick. You don't need to worry too much about him. Uh, and then you got uh, Henry Yokiharu. Uh, he's probably that second option there in terms of offense. It's really tough to tell. Uh, I don't know whether you should draft him or not, but he's he's pretty young, so he definitely can improve. So that's why I have him here. And then Colin Miller's the third guy. I know people said uh, the fit with him in Buffalo wasn't the greatest, but uh, we saw what he can do offensively. We've seen him in Boston and we've seen him in Vegas. So, I mean, if he can at least turn it around in Buffalo, he could be fantasy relevant. So those are the three guys that I have. For sure. Um, I guess for defense, uh, do you see them as kind of um, maybe worth taking a look at more than forwards for Buffalo? Uh, possibly, but I think the overall lineup, uh, it's just pick your spot here if you want to take someone from Buffalo. That's just my opinion. For sure. And uh, what do you think about their goalies? It's probably a stay away. Probably shouldn't draft either of the two. Aaron Dell, he's been a backup most of his career. It uh, didn't work out for him well last year. He was a third goalie on a lot of teams. Then for Craig Anderson, I know he was pretty solid when he did step in in the playoffs, but he's up there in age, probably close to 40, if I had to guess, maybe older than that. Uh, this is pretty much stay away from me unless uh, one of them sort of cements himself as the starter and starts getting decent amounts of wins. But even then, I don't know how good the averages are going to be. So, uh, yeah, I mentioned both goalies, but I, they're probably just stayaways for me. Yeah, I'm guessing they're probably just going to be week-to-week um, waiver pickups throughout the season. Yeah, they'd be like streams. Like, I don't know if, if anyone plays fantasy baseball, it's like those pitchers on the waiver where if they're getting the start, you're just going to stream them. So let's just say Buffalo's playing a weak team like Anaheim that you know doesn't score a lot of goals, then maybe you want to stream them for a game and then just drop them after. That's pretty much it. For sure. And uh, what do you think about the rookies on this team? Yeah, rookies are interesting. For forwards, it's kind of tough to see which ones are going to jump into the lineup because a lot of the players are young, but they're not technically rookies. So I went with Jack Quinn. I believe they drafted him last year or the year before. Uh, he's a solid winger. Um, if they need another guy to slot into that top six, like if Jeff Skinner doesn't work out again, um, he's a guy that, you know, he's offensively talented. That's what he was drafted for was to score. So he could sneakily become fantasy relevant uh, as a rookie, uh, assuming he gets games in. Then I have uh, Uko Pekka Lukonen. Um, he's kind of a dark horse there in terms of goaltending. He's a young goaltender that could eventually be the starter for this team. Considering how bad their goaltending is right now, he could end up being the starter by midway through the season. So uh, he's definitely someone to look out for. Um, and if he plays as well as Olmark did for them last year, he might even have a chance to be fantasy relevant. So definitely uh, take a look at him, um, especially, you know, if he's on the waiver, definitely maybe keep him on your watch list or something. Yeah, I guess Buffalo's also because they're rebuilding. I feel like they might be um, more experimental than other teams. So we might end up seeing um, the rookies more often. Yeah, especially if they end up trading Jack Eichel, then pretty much everyone moves up on the depth chart a little bit. So then they definitely have chances to sort of show what they can do. So then you might see Quinn move up. 
And then, you know, let's just say the goaltending is not working out. Um, uh, Luke Conan would probably come in and get a lot of starts. So, yeah. For sure. And uh, we'll move on to Detroit. And what are their forwards looking like? Yeah, so let's take a look at Detroit for fantasy. Uh, for forwards, I know they weren't uh, that great in terms of scoring last year, but there are a few interesting guys here that I might want to look at. Got their uh, captain, Dylan Larkin. Uh, he's been solid for the last five years, I think, for fantasy. Uh, his plus minus obviously has varied, but in terms of other categories, he's been really solid. So he's definitely a safe pick. Uh, you got winger, uh, Jakob Verana. He came in the Anthony Mantha trade last year from Washington. He was clearly their best forward ever since that trade, scoring at probably better than a point per game. So if you're looking for the most offensively talented winger on this team, I'd probably say it's Jacob Verana. So definitely a guy that uh, you should probably look to draft uh, in fantasy. Uh, then we got Tyler Bertuzzi in here. He's one of those like multi-category guys. He gets a lot of hits, shots, that type of thing. He'll get quite a few goals as well. He plays front of the net on the power play. So you should get some power play points for you as well. I know he uh, does get banged up quite a little bit, but uh, if he can stay healthy, he's definitely someone that you want to add in terms of category coverage. Um, I put Philip Zadina here. Uh, he's been taking small steps forward every year. I know people were starting to call him a bust, but I think that he definitely still has offensive potential. Um, he's one of those guys you throw at the end of your roster, possibly at the end of a draft, and he could probably turn into something. And then uh, I didn't really like a lot of other forwards, so I did add uh, Adam Ernie onto the list just because um, GM Steve Eiserman likes him. He went and traded for him. He's probably going to get a nice role on this team as either a winger or as a center. So um, he's definitely sort of one of those dark horse players maybe that you can look at uh, if they have a breakout and, you know, maybe pick them up off the waiver. For sure. It looks like um, Jakob Verona is probably going to be um, the guy to draft from Detroit, but I guess there are some other options as well. Yeah, Larkin, Verana for me, those are the two guys you want to definitely look at if you like someone from Detroit. For sure. And um, what do you think about their defense? Yeah, defense is a little thin on this team in terms of offense. There's a lot of defensive guys. So I think Philip Heronik should be the best offensive guy for them. Uh, it's possible he plays on the top power play. He's going to be a first pairing guy. He'll get a lot of minutes. Uh, hopefully his plus minus improves because I think it was tough owning him last year because of that. But I think he definitely should keep improving as he gets older. Um, then they just brought in Nick Letty from the New York Islanders. He's also a power play specialist. So you might see one of these two guys on the number one power play and then maybe the other one on the number two. So yeah, both of them can probably chip in offensively. So they're, they're probably like, you know, one of the defensemen that you probably take to round out like your top four, like your top five guys or whatever it might be, however many defensemen you have. So uh, definitely take a look at them. And then I put Troy Stetcher here because out of the, the rest of their defense, He's the one with the most offensive talent, in my opinion. So if anyone's going to be silently productive, it would probably be him. So he's probably the third guy. For sure. And um, what are the goalies looking like? Yeah, goaltending has been very good for them. I know with uh, Thomas Grice and Jonathan Bernier last year, their averages were very good. It's just they weren't getting the wins and the shutouts. Um, but this year, they bring in stud goalie from Carolina, Alex Nedeljkovic, in a surprising trade. Um, yeah, I think both goalies could end up being fantasy relevant this year, to be honest. I mean, this Detroit team, they're improving defensively every year. Their goaltending was solid last year. And if Grison and Delkovich can put up the kind of numbers they put up last year, I mean, you could end up owning both of these guys. But definitely Delkovich, target him probably in your top 25 goalies. And then Grice probably just a little bit outside of that. Like if you need sort of a third guy to just throw on your bench, that'll get you, you know, good averages and that kind of thing. Then, yeah, uh, he's definitely an add as well. 
for sure. And I guess I'm wondering, um, I guess with Nadelkovic and with um, Grice, if they end up doing the same as this season, um, as well as if, as if they do as well this season as last season, um, do you think that would kind of boost the defense a little bit? Uh, yeah, definitely. I know this defense is pretty inexperienced. Um, yeah, so uh, you definitely want your goaltending to sort of step up. I feel like Detroit's problem has just been offense. Like they'll lose games like two to one and like their goalies are not getting the, the offensive support, if that makes sense. Like uh, I guess comparing baseball, once again, goalies are kind of like pitchers where pitcher could pitch amazing, but if his team's not hitting, he could lose the game two to one and still have pitched really well. It's the same thing with goaltending. Uh, you know, you have a guy, let's just say Nadelkovic um, makes 40 saves and they lose two to one. It's not like he had a bad game. It's just, he didn't get the offensive support in front of him. So that's been Detroit's issue. If they can solve the offense, like if those five forwards that we mentioned can sort of take a step forward, then um, definitely this team could be a lot better next year. Yeah. Unfortunately, Nadelkovic and Grice can't step out of the crease and score themselves. So they need the forwards to help them out. Yeah, exactly. And so what do you think about the rookies on this team? Yeah, let me get into the rookies on this team. There's two intriguing options, actually. Uh, I was sort of looking at some guys that might be early favorites to win the Calder Trophy, which is the Rookie of the Year for next season. Uh, Lucas Raymond, I believe he was drafted fourth overall last year in the draft. Looks like he'll be coming over from Europe to play. And he apparently is really offensively talented. He could even slot in on that first line with a Dylan Larkin and a Jacob Verana. So if he finds himself there, yeah, he could be a top scoring threat. So he's probably a guy you should probably take a, a flyer on next year. If he's confirmed to be in the lineup, you definitely want to have uh, him in your lineup. He should be solid. And then defenseman, uh, Marie Sider, um, yeah, he's another guy that's projected to probably fit in that defensive core. Like you mentioned, will the defense get better? Well, I mean, if he has a great rookie year, then yeah, the defense on this team should definitely get better. So uh, two rookies that you can definitely look at from this team. It looks like, um, I guess, with their potential, maybe you can kind of uh, take them with your later draft picks. And then if they work out, you'll be your team will be really good. Yeah, Dynasty Leagues, they're both must-drafts. Um, more than 12-team leagues, must-drafts. If you're in a 12-team league, you might want to take a look at them. Uh, and then if you're anything less than a 12-team league, you definitely want to pick them up off the waiver if they're playing well. For sure. And uh, we'll move on to Florida, and they have a lot of fantasy relevance forwards, it looks like. Yeah, this is an offensive team, so um, you definitely want to tap into their offense. Um, Alexander Barkov, obviously captain, number one center, chips in pretty much every category for fantasy. Uh, he's probably the more well-rounded fantasy forward, but, I mean, Jonathan Huberto is probably either behind him or right beside him, plays left wing. He, can, he might get a little bit more points than Barkov. I don't know if he gets all the other stats, but um, yeah, they're both really solid. They play either together on the power play or on separate lines and they'll boost their own line. So you got two solid lines in Florida. Um, so I guess guys that would probably be on Barkov's line would probably be like Sam Reinhart and possibly uh, Carter Verhage. Um, that, that would probably be a solid first line. Obviously Reinhart, the leading scorer for Buffalo last year. He comes to Florida He's going to be a solid option for them. He's sort of a must draft now because his plus minus is definitely going to improve 
playing on this team. So his category coverage should be really good. And then we saw how great Carter Verhage was last year. He was pretty much on our pickups list almost every week. We're trying to get him up to 50%. He eventually did get to 50% uh, in Yahoo leagues. So we, we were pretty pumped about that. Um, then you got Sam Bennett, Pat Hornquist, and Anthony Duclair. Those are uh, three forwards that could probably slot in on the second line, uh, possibly. Uh, yeah, definitely guys that you want to take a look out for. Um, Hornquist and Bennett have stronger category coverage, but Duclair might score uh, more points. So you just you just got to look out uh, whatever your team needs. Uh, there's always forwards on Florida that can address that. Um, yeah, probably grab at least one forward from this offense. They're going to be really solid. Yeah, I think most uh, teams in most fantasy leagues will probably be drafting at least one forward from Florida. Yeah, this is even a team that you can stack. Like if you grabbed Huberdo early as your left wing, you could stack him with like Reinhardt or like Bennett and you'd be solid because they'd be producing off of each other. So that's definitely something you want to look out for that uh, you can even uh, find good stacks on this team for sure. For sure. And uh, what do you think about defense? Yeah, defense is interesting for this team. Uh, Aaron Ekblad, uh, I know he's going as like a top five defenseman. Do I see him there? Probably not. Can he get there this year? Yeah, he can. He's been improving offensively every year. He's probably going to be a Norris Trophy candidate this year if he's healthy. Um, he's just improving as a defenseman every single year. He's going to be on the top power play. He's going to be exposed to all the top forwards on this team. Uh, there's no reason why he can't score a bunch of points. Uh, and then we have Mackenzie Wegar. I know he was mostly known as like a defensive defenseman, but he sort of broke out offensively this past season. So he is worth a look. He'll get you uh, shots. Uh, for the most part, he'll get you hits and he'll, he'll get some points. Uh, and then as a defensive defenseman, his plus minus was really solid. So uh, definitely things to look out for. And then we can't leave without mentioning uh, Radko Gudis. He was also on our pickups list quite a lot last year. If you're playing in a hits league, he's a must draft. If you're not in a hits league, he's probably a waiver wire guy that you might want to pick up, you know, if you want shots, if you want uh, goals. Um, and his plus minus is not too bad either. So he does have decent category coverage. But yeah, hits leagues, he's pretty much a must own. Yeah, I'm surprised. I was I was surprised that um, Gudas was, um, his ownership percentage was like so low, especially early in the season because he was playing so well and it took, a really long time, I guess, for the train to kind of catch on. Yeah, it's probably just people that aren't playing hits leagues. They just didn't pick him up. But if you're in a hits league, there's no reason he shouldn't be owned. For sure. And uh, what's the goalie situation looking like? Honestly, the goalie situation is looking pretty solid. Uh, Sergei Bobrovsky, I know people complain he's getting paid a lot of money. People are complaining about his averages and so on. But they did improve last year. He had a lot of wins last season. Um, anyone um, saying that he doesn't belong in the top 20 goalies for fantasy, they just clearly haven't been watching him play and watching the team in front of him. He now has a very good team in front of him. He should definitely keep up his solid play. I definitely uh, like what he has to offer for fantasy. For sure. And I guess since he's um, been slept on a little bit, there's a chance he might fall a little bit in the draft. So if you miss out on like a top goal, you might be able to take him. Yeah, well, I mean, I'll just use that as a way to transition to rookies. For rookie goalies, we have Spencer Knight here. Uh, he got into a few games last year, but he's still a rookie this year. Um, if anything happens with Sergey Bobrovsky, they have solid goaltending with both of their goalies. Spencer Knight should be really solid as well. Um, I believe both goalies are probably going to split starts. 
So probably draft them around the same. I know they're going to have a tough time moving off Bobrovsky considering how much money they're paying him. So I don't see Knight getting more than 40 starts. So uh, the only way that would happen is if there was an injury to Bobrovsky. But I think they both should see enough games to be very fantasy relevant. And then uh, the other rookie I have is center uh, Anton Lundell. Um, He was drafted pretty early, I believe, last year or the year before. Um, he's pretty much going to be getting into this lineup this year and he should produce pretty well, sort of a dark horse for rookie of the year. If he ends up playing with really talented players, he could end up producing a lot of points. So two rookies to look out for. And yeah, like you said, the goaltending should be solid for this team. For sure. I mean, Florida basically has solid players throughout all their positions, honestly. Yeah. I know they lost some defensive depth, but as long as their defense stays healthy, they should be pretty good, honestly. For sure. And uh, we'll move on to a pretty defense-heavy team, Montreal Canadiens, but we'll start with forwards. There's a lot of guys there. Yeah, okay. So for Montreal, for forwards, I have Nick Suzuki. Uh, He's the number one center on this team. Uh, He's going to produce points, going to produce in a lot of categories. His plus minus should be good as well. He should be drafted in pretty much every fantasy league. Uh, you got Tyler Toffoli, who was their top goal scorer last year. He should play on that line with Suzuki. So uh, you definitely want to draft him if he's available. Um, and then Mike Hoffman, uh, free agent right wing that signed there, should be on the top power play. Uh, whichever team he plays on their power play, it's always in the top half of the league. He adds so much to the power play. So if you need a power play specialist, a guy that's going to get lots of shots, he a lot of times gets four or more shots a game. He gets goals too. So Hoffman, definitely take a look at him. Uh, Brendan Gallagher, I know he was down a little bit offensively last year, but he gets other stats like hits and shots. So um, definitely another guy you want to look at there. Uh, Josh Anderson, he was a solid point producer last year. I don't know how much uh, ice time he's going to get this year. If he continues to get that same ice time, he's definitely someone you want to look at because he's sort of a similar player to Brendan Gallagher in the sense that he gets hits, you know, a lot of shots. So you definitely want to look at him. And I mentioned Jonathan Drouin, not that I think that he's going to be fantasy relevant, but he is coming off of a, a year where he did sit out for uh, off ice reasons, uh, whether it was a family issue or what it was, we don't know, but he looks like he's coming back this year and it looks like they want to give him uh, top two line ice time. So if he's getting exposure, there's a chance that he could be fantasy relevant. So I just listed him there. Yeah, I mean, especially if you need like a lot of volume, it looks like Mike Mike Hoffman's going to be one of those forwards that, um, like you said, he's going to give you a lot of volume. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, like I mentioned, power play specialist. So uh, he's one of those guys, power play points, just lock and load him in your lineup and he should be productive for you. For sure. And uh, what's some defense looking like? Okay, so for their defense, it's kind of hard to say. And we know Shea Weber's out for the season, so we got to kind of project uh, where the points are going to go. Most likely, it's going to be Jeff Petrie. He was their highest point scorer on defense last year. He should be one of your top two defensemen on your team if you're drafting in fantasy. So she, he should be going in the top 20 defensemen, in my opinion. Um, then you got David Savard. Of course, he came from Tampa Bay um, last year where he won a Stanley Cup. Uh, he should be getting top four ice time, so he should be getting production. Uh, obviously, you might not draft him like early, but maybe if you use a late sleeper on him, if you don't get enough defense, he could be productive for you. 
And I got Joel Edmonton because he was so good in plus minus last year. I believe he was like top five in the league in plus minus. So anytime you can have a category specialist, you know, you might want to take a look at them. So that's why I listed him. Then Alexander Romanov, he's going into his second season. Uh, he could be one of these defensemen that ends up having a breakout and scoring a bunch of points. So I just don't want to leave him off my radar. Yeah. And I mean, Montreal has a lot of good defense as well. So we're definitely a team that you don't want to pass on. Yeah. I mean, if they had Shea Weber in their lineup, that would be, you know, cherry on top pretty much. I didn't mention Ben Sherratt because obviously he's a defensive defenseman, but yeah, um, there's definitely a few guys you can look at for this team. I was also wondering, um, I guess because Montreal kind of plays a pretty physical style of, def- of defense, um, how are hits looking like? Yeah, uh, hits are usually pretty good for this team. I know that they got a lot of hits in the playoffs, especially in the finals, because when you're trailing the game, a lot of times you're forced to hit. Uh, if you're leading the game, you're not pressuring as much, if that makes sense. So um, usually the hit totals for a team that's winning is not usually as high. So, I mean, if people are projecting for Montreal to be not as good of a team this year, then maybe their players will be getting a lot more hits because they'll sort of be chasing the game. But I guess we have to see. For sure. And uh, what is the goalie situation looking like? Okay, so for goalies, you have Carey Price. Obviously, he had to have surgery. We don't know how long he's going to be out. They said he should be good to go at the start. But if not, you have Jake Allen there. He's one of the more solid backups in the league. Probably trust either guy in fantasy. Um, Probably both of them should be drafted. Maybe Price is your first or second goalie. And then maybe Allen is like your third goalie or waiver wire pickup, that kind of thing. Uh, Yeah, both guys should be okay. And what do you think about um, the rookie? Yeah, so for rookies, pretty much just one guy here. It's Cole Caulfield. We saw him in the playoffs last year. Uh, He was just one of their top goal scorers. I think he's currently the betting favorite for rookie of the year this year in the the NHL. So um, he's pretty much must draft in fantasy because, I mean, if they're projecting him to finish with the most points or the most goals, then, yeah, he he will win rookie of the year. So uh, he's probably the best rookie to draft in this division, in my opinion. I know there is a couple other guys. Uh, So I mentioned Spencer Knight. He'd probably be the second one. But, uh, yeah, definitely – Take a look at Cole Caulfield. For sure. And I guess we can move on to Ottawa. I feel like they're a little bit slept on, but there should be some fantasy value you can take from them. Yeah, they definitely improved in terms of fantasy value as they went towards the end of the season. I think to start the season, well, I mean, I'll start with the forwards here. I think Brady Kachuk was the only fantasy relevant forward at the beginning of the season because he pretty much chipped in every category. I think at one point he was leading the league in both shots and hits. So, I mean, if you're leading the league in both shots and hits, you're a top 10 fantasy player right there. So he was really solid last year. I think maybe the production came down a little bit. I think he finished just just outside the top 10. But yeah, I've seen him going first rounds in drafts. He's going mid-second round in most drafts. He's pretty much a must-have if you need fantasy categories. Then obviously his center, Josh Norris. Um, Yeah, he he kept getting better as the season went on. He sort of became the more valuable Ottawa rookie last year. Entering his second year, he should be pretty solid again. Uh, we got Drake Batherson here. He's sort of the third member of that line. I mean, it's the exposure that I talked about. Uh, if he's playing with these two talented players, you definitely want a piece of him for sure. Um, Tim Stutzel, obviously drafted third overall last season. Uh, he was pretty decent his rookie year. He just wasn't consistent. I think he finds that consistency this year. He should be a good scoring option for them. 
I have Connor Brown here just because of how solid of a two-way forward he is. He can score goals. He has good plus minus. He can defend really well. Um, he was on like a, I don't know how many game goaling, goal scoring streak. He was on like a seven game goal scoring streak, something like that. Like it was insane how many goals in a row he just scored uh, in games. So he's definitely a guy you can look at. And I threw Colin White there because, you know, he's getting paid like their top center. Obviously he's their second center. Um, he has talent. He kind of just needs a bounce back here. I think maybe he finds that this year. So I put him as the the sixth forward to look at here. Yeah, it looks like for forwards, they're definitely going to be a team you want to look at, especially for like dynasty leagues and deep leagues, stuff like that. Yeah, exactly. And uh, for defense, what do they look like? Yeah, so defense, it was tough. Outside of like Thomas Shabbat, who's pretty much the number one option on this team. It's very productive. Uh He's definitely someone to look at. Um, I don't know if there's a lot of good defensemen. I put Eric Brandstrom here as the second guy just because he's young and he played really well towards the end of last season. I think he could definitely have a breakout here this year. And I mean, I didn't put guys like Nikita Zaitsev. I know Artem Zub is pretty good, but I went with Victor Mete because he came from Montreal because they weren't giving him ice time. And he moved to Ottawa last year and he played really well. He could be a guy that finds, um, I guess, you know, that offensive talent that he has and sort of produces. So probably the sleeper there but i think for the most part probably look at shabbat and brandstrom as sort of the two main guys for sure and uh what do you think about the goalies okay so matt murray definitely he's getting paid as the starter he's going to be the starter next year philip gustafson sort of that wild card he's definitely the goalie of the future for this team uh, if he ends up being the backup i think he could steal starts from matt murray maybe halfway through the year he could become the starter so uh, I think Matt Murray, he'd be a tough draft pick considering he is playing for Ottawa. But if Gustafson gets in that net, he's definitely someone you want to look at. Dynasty leagues, he should be owned. Deep leagues, probably your third goalie if he becomes the backup. And in uh, standard 12-team leagues, look for him on the waiver if he's getting starts because he was very solid last year. Yeah, I think, actually, uh, let's move on, move on to rookies first. Yeah. Okay. So the, the rookie I have here, obviously their whole team is very young. They'll probably have a bunch of rookies jumping in, but the rookie I like is Shane Pinto. Uh, he played a handful of games last year. I think he still is a rookie this year though. Um, he looked really solid. Uh, he's definitely one of those guys, you know, maybe a dark horse for rookie of the year, depending on which line he plays on. Um, yeah. If you want a, a young guy on this team, a rookie, maybe you take a fire on him with your last pick, probably take a look at Shane Pinto. For sure. I was just going to say for um, Ottawa, I feel like this might end up being kind of like a theme for um, a lot of teams that were kind of near the bottom of the league last year. Um, there's going to be uh, teams that are improving and they get slept on a little bit just because they didn't do so well last year, but that doesn't mean you should um, over overlook them. I mean, like maybe for like, for example, Ottawa's case, their plus minus may not be the best, but they, sh they should be able to um, produce for you to pick them up. Yeah, so a lot of times players from these teams will fall in drafts. So you'll get a lot of value on them if you if they sort of fall into your lap. That could happen in with Brady Kachuk. That could happen with a guy like uh, Brandstrom or whatever. Yeah, if they fall into your lap, uh, you know, uh, let's just say Kachuk's supposed to go at the 20th pick, he falls to the 30th pick. That's value right there. He's definitely a guy that you want to take. For sure. And I guess I'll move on to a team where I don't think anybody's going to fall. It's the Tampa Bay Lightnings, the uh, NHL champs. What are your thoughts on them? 
Yeah, this is a premier team to be drafting for fantasy from. I think they have like two or three guys going in the first round of fantasy drafts. Probably the second round, they probably have a couple guys there as well. Uh, we'll start with forwards. Steven Stamkos, their captain, he's like pretty much a point-per-game player every year. If he plays 80 games, he's going to have at least 80 points. So lock and load him. He's a power play specialist as well. He's probably going to be top five in the league in power play goals, assuming he's healthy. Um, shots, he, he's probably their, be their best shooter possibly. Yeah, and he takes a lot of shots as well. So that I definitely like him. Nikita Kucherov, he's their best scorer. He wasn't healthy last year, but it looks like he's going to be fully healthy heading into this season, assuming uh, everything went well with his uh, recovery. So, um, yeah, Kucherov, he should be taking him in the first round. Been, I've seen him going in the top five in fantasy overall, so uh, definitely a really solid player. Got Braden Point there. He's probably taken second or third round. Um, yeah, he looks like he's going to be playing with Kucherov and both Kucherov and Stamkos on the power play. So, yeah, that exposure there is great for Braden Point. Um, I put Anthony Sorelli there. He should be the second-line center on this team. If he is playing with Stamkos, that's a big boost for him. He's still very offensively talented. He's definitely a must-draft for fantasy. Then I put a couple other forwards here. we got Andre Palat. we got Alex Kalorn. That should round out the top six for Tampa Bay. His top six is still solid, even though they lost a lot of depth. Um, yeah, they're all fantasy relevant, in my opinion. For sure. And uh, I guess we can move on to uh, defense. And what are your thoughts? Yeah, Victor Hedman's probably if probably one of, if not the best defenseman in the league. Um, he's just so solid. He chips in every single category in fantasy. He's one of those defensemen. You'll get something from him in every single category. So he's must draft. He's probably the first defenseman in the league going off the board. And For then, sure. um, yeah, moving to the rest of the defensemen. Uh, Mikhail Sergachev, I have probably the second scoring option on that defense. Uh, definitely a guy that you want to have on your team as maybe your second or third defenseman. Um, Ryan McDonough plus minus is solid. He'll chip in statistics here and there. Probably want to own him probably just to round out your defensive core. Probably Eric Chernak's the same thing. He's probably the, the fourth guy there. Um, Tampa Bay's plus minus is obviously going to be solid. So any player you have from them will have that. And he showed signs of potentially becoming offensively efficient. So uh, he might be sort of a sleeper to look at. For sure. And uh, what's the goalie situation look like? It's pretty much just Andre Vasilevsky. He's going as the highest goalie off the board in fantasy. He's going in the first round pretty much every league. Uh, he's probably the best goalie in the league, if I had to say, even though he didn't win the Vesna Trophy last year because of Flurry's outstanding season. He's just been so consistent. Um, if you draft him in the first round, he's pretty much just start and forget kind of guy. You know, you, you don't really need to worry about him. He's solid pretty much every game. Uh, they have Brian Elliott there. If Elliott gets into maybe 15 to 18 starts in the year, you're probably happy because he's going to have good averages behind this defense. Should get the wins for the most part. So uh, Elliott's one of those guys, you see him on the waiver, he has a game, you just pick him up, you just start him, and you just hopefully get your W. So I guess Vas Vasilevsky, if you see him on the board, take him. Uh, Elliott, he's week to week. Yeah, definitely. I think that. And what are your thoughts on the rookies? Yeah, there's not a lot of rookies on this team, obviously, because, you know, when you're winning, you're not drafting as early in drafts. So I went with Alex Berboulet. Obviously, he got into a few games last year, but he's still a rookie heading into this year. Uh, there's a chance that he could probably sneak onto the third line, depending, uh, with guys like Ross Colton and uh, Patrick Maroon. So 
Um, yeah, I believe Patrick Maroon's still there, if I'm not mistaken. But um, yeah, you definitely want to, um, I guess, if you want to target a rookie from Tampa Bay, uh, he'd probably be the one to take a look at um, just because they've had a really uh, solid um, track record when it comes to developing rookies. So uh, we saw Anthony Sorelli rise up and become the number two center, Braden Point becoming the number one center. So yeah, they can sort of bring these guys to their system and he's sort of the next center coming along. So uh, take a look at uh, Bear Boulay. For sure. Uh, I guess for Tampa Bay, like I said, I don't think anybody is going to be um, falling. So I guess if you don't necessarily have like a good draft spot, um, it might be hard to get some Tampa Bay players. Yeah, so probably grab those like mid-round guys, probably like an Anthony Sorelli or a Andre Palat or a Mikhail Sergachev or whatever, if you can't grab the top guys, because you're still getting exposure, um, you know, to the main guys. So if they score, obviously you'll get plus minus power play points, those kind of things just being exposed. So definitely something to look at if, as you're rounding out your fantasy team. For sure. And I guess rounding out this uh, playoff preview, we have your favorite team, the Maple Leafs. Um, what are your thoughts on the forwards? Okay. So let's look at the fantasy options we have from Toronto. Austin Matthews, obviously the top goal scorer from last year. What do you have? Like 40 some goals in 50 some games. That's insane goal production. Obviously people have concerns about his wrist surgery, but honestly, I think it'll just make him a better shooter. Finally getting that issue addressed that he was suffering through the entire last season. I mean, if you can lead the league in goals with like a messed up wrist, imagine him with a healthy wrist. He's going to be unstoppable. Should be going in the first round of drafts should be your number one center in fantasy. Uh, and then we have John Tavares. I know he had that health scare in the playoffs with his head, but it uh, looks like he's going to be good to go for this season. So I definitely like the appeal you can get with him. Uh, people might be scared off by what happened last year, but that's just more value for you if you're drafting him later. So I definitely like Tavares. Mitch Marner, obviously, all jokes aside, he's a solid fantasy player. He should be going in the first two to three rounds of your draft. He's probably your number two or three scoring option on your fantasy team. So um, I believe he was like, what, top five, top six in points last year, something crazy like that. So he's a great producer. Uh, you definitely want to uh, get him on your team if possible. <clears throat> then we've got uh, William Nylander, probably the, the fourth guy on this Leafs team in terms of offense. Who's the best playoff point producer? Uh, he's going to be playing on a line with John Tavares. Um yeah, he's got great exposure. It's pretty much uh, a good, solid option for you in fantasy. Then I just mentioned a few guys that could possibly slot in the top six that you could probably look at. Um, I listed Ilya Mikheyev, I listed Nick Ritchie, and I listed Alexander Kerfoot. Uh, all three of those guys, um, just take a look out for them. If they slot into those top two lines, then they're going to get exposure to those four forwards I just mentioned. So uh, yeah, those are definitely pieces that you definitely want to have uh, in terms of fantasy for Leafs forwards. For sure. And uh, what are your thoughts on the defense? Yeah, defense is looking pretty solid for them this year. Uh, it's definitely been one of their issues in the past, but it definitely looks like it's getting better. Um, in terms of fantasy, though, Morgan Riley, he's the number one guy. He's pretty much a top 10 to 15 defenseman for fantasy every single year, so he should be drafted as such. And then I'll move to Jake Muzzin. He's a good category coverage kind of guy. He'll chip in points. He'll get hits, shots. It's really solid. So definitely a guy that you want for fantasy. I put Rasmus Sandin here because he should be a full-time starter this year. Uh, he, he'll be playing either on the top or second power play, depending on which one they put Morgan Riley on. 
So he'll be getting exposure to a lot of those top end forwards that the Leafs have. So he'll be getting his fair share of points. So definitely a guy you want to take a look at. And I threw Justin Hall on the board just because of how solid his plus minus was last year. And when he was chipping in points, he was fantasy relevant for that little stretch there. So I guess if maybe if you need a final defenseman to round out your roster, you could take a flyer on him and sort of see what happens. For sure. And I guess, like you said, uh, defense did improve. So you don't necessarily have to pass on the Maple Leafs this season. Yeah, for fantasy, they've always been solid. But I think even real life, they definitely... Um, their defense seems to be growing and getting a lot better. So we'll have to see. For sure. And uh, what are your thoughts on the goalies? Okay, so the goaltending is interesting. Obviously, Freddie Anderson's moved on. Looks like Jack Campbell should be the starter heading into this season. Obviously, he was solid. He should be must-own. But I don't count out Peter Morazic. It looks like they could end up splitting starts. So uh, if they do, um, you definitely want to – uh, target Campbell first, in my opinion, just because he's the younger guy and they should be giving him the benefit of the doubt. But Morazic starts out playing him. Both of these goalies should end up being solid for fantasy. Obviously, they play for Toronto. They should be getting the wins. And if the defense does improve, like we're speculating, I think that their averages should be really good as well. Campbell, solid averages last year. He's pretty much must-own. He ended up being a top 15 goalie at the end of the year. So um, one of these goalies, at least, if not both, should be a, a high-end goalie. So why you take a look at both of them? Yeah, it looks like um, the Maple Leafs, they have really solid options at pretty much all their positions. Yeah, in terms of fantasy, they're one of the higher scoring teams. Both them, Florida and Tampa Bay, they should be very deep when it comes to finding fantasy options. For sure. And uh, we have one last um, guy. What are your uh, what, what do the rookies look like? Yeah, so for rookies, I put Nick Robertson. He's still a rookie because last year was supposed to be his rookie year, but he had that knee injury, ended up missing most of the season. So um, he's one of the more hyped up rookies. Uh, they said potential dark horse for rookie of the year. It honestly just depends where he slots in this team. If they put him into that top six forward role on a line with either like Matthews or Tavares or something like that, that could definitely improve his fantasy stock. He's definitely a guy you want to invest in late in your draft um, for that potential top end exposure. I mean, this guy could go off for like 60 points maybe in his rookie year, depending on who he's playing with. He's offensively talented. He has a really good shot. So if they just put him in the right situation, he definitely can produce for you in fantasy. Yeah, if um, Nick Robertson definitely um, gets um, that positional play, like you said, I feel like he might be like one of the higher drafted rookies. Yeah, I definitely agree. Yeah, for sure. Um, that about wraps up the uh, fantasy portion of our uh, prediction of this division. So we're going to move on to um, our predictions of the standings. Um, I guess uh, we'll do, I guess, maybe three teams at a time. How does that sound? Yeah, that sounds good. All right. So I'll start um, with my top three teams. I guess I have Tampa Bay 1, Florida 2, and Toronto 3. Uh, Tampa Bay, um, kind of self-explanatory. They're the NHL champs. I mean, last year you could say like, oh, they didn't finish top of their division, so maybe they won't again. But at the same time, you can't just, I guess, count on teams coasting, especially um, not this season. I feel like um, this division is going to be a lot deeper, so Tampa Bay is going to be playing a lot harder, and they can beat pretty much any team in this league. So in terms of like talent overall, you have to put them first. And I put Florida second. Um, mainly because of their playoff performance. Um, they're a really good offensive team. And 
I, they were able to push Tampa Bay to, I think, six games, if I'm not mistaken. So I guess I decided to put them uh, second. And I put Toronto um, third. Um, I think in terms of their uh, roster overall, I think that they're one of the uh, deeper teams in this division. I know um, they get clowned a lot for their postseason performances, but in terms of regular season, they're really solid. Yeah, so um, for my top three, um, I also had Tampa Bay at number one. Uh, like you said, uh, they're coming off their back-to-back Stanley Cup championship. Obviously, last season, we know what happened. Both Kucherov and Stamkos were out of the lineup for that end portion of the season, so they kind of tailed off a little bit. But if this team's fully healthy, they're the best team in the division. Uh, they should finish in first in this division for sure. Um, I have the same two teams, but I have them in different order next. Uh, for number two, I have Toronto. Uh, they pretty much dominated their division last season. Like it wasn't even close between them and the other teams. Obviously in the playoffs, they just didn't get it done. But I guess when it comes to the season, they're moving into a little bit of a tougher division, but they still know a lot of these teams. Uh, they have um, had pretty good success against Tampa Bay in the past. So I definitely think that they can be second place in this division. Uh, it just depends on how well the team plays overall, but I definitely like them for sure. Um, I put Florida at number three because obviously they're moving into a tougher division. Uh, they improved a lot last year, but that was over, um, you know, just being in a, a sort of softer division. Um, we don't know how it's going to translate to this new division. I feel like Toronto's had more success in the past in this division compared to Florida. So I'm uh, just going to put Florida underneath Toronto, but that's my top three. Sure. And I guess we'll move on to four, five, six. So I got Boston as four, uh, Montreal as five, and Detroit as six. Um, Boston, they're a pretty storied team. Um, they had a pretty tough division last year. So I guess for them, it's pretty much like you're not even skipping a beat. They already uh, know what to do. Um, the team and the, the team is like a pretty storied team. So they've been around the block. Um, not really too much to say about that. I know like they're not as strong as kind of like their past years, but um, they're a pretty solid organization. I think they should uh, be able to. I guess, finish in the top four. And uh, Montreal, I had at uh, number five, which I guess could be a little controversial considering they made the Stanley Cup finals. So it's like, why would you not put the finalists as like top four? But in terms of regular season, um, they finished, I think they finished fourth in terms of the standings. They had a pretty um, a rough midseason and um, they were able to kind of clutch it out and make the playoffs and go on that amazing run. But if they end up having a really rough midseason again, um, it's going to be really tough to catch up, especially with teams like Tampa Bay, Florida, Toronto. So, yeah, I put them at fifth mainly just because of that. And I guess I put Detroit at sixth mainly just because of their um, offseason improvements. I think um, they have a lot of um, upside for kind of the bottom teams. So, yeah. Yeah, so for my next three, I have Boston at four also. Uh, they definitely can finish <clears throat> in the top three, but the thing is I feel like they've lost a lot of depth over the last couple of seasons. Uh, you can just list off names of guys that have left, like Tori Krug, Zdeno Chara, and David Krejci this summer. Uh, and, you know, they don't get Tuka Rask until January. Who knows what their record's going to be until then? We don't know if Olmark is their solution as their new starting goalie. So um, there's just a lot of question marks about Boston. Can they finish in the top three? Yes. Am I predicting them? No, this division's really tough. I think they are the fourth best team in this division overall. 
Um, I have Montreal fifth as, as well, and I agree with your point and the fact that uh, they're missing their captain, Shea Weber, for the whole season. Um, Carey Price might not start the season on time. Um, it, honestly, th- they were great in the playoffs, but like you mentioned, they almost missed the playoffs. That's how bad they were in the regular season. They The only reason they made the playoffs is because Calgary and Vancouver were equally or worse uh, compared to them. So uh, they were in an easier division, and they still weren't getting it done on a regular basis. So I have a tough time seeing them make the playoffs in this much more difficult division. Um, and then at six, I have Ottawa instead. I actually like the improvements they made. They're pretty close to Detroit in my opinion, but I think that what separates Ottawa from Detroit is that better offense. I feel like Ottawa has that while Detroit's still trying to find that. So I think that'll definitely benefit Ottawa going forward. They'll be able to score against some of these top teams and sort of steal some wins to sort of move them up in the standings. They're one of these teams that definitely could surprise. They almost caught up to Montreal in the end and took over them and made the playoffs. So, I mean, Ottawa went on a crazy run at the end of last year. We definitely can't sleep on them. So I have them at number six. For sure. And I guess uh, we'll round out seven and eight. Um, I have Ottawa at seven and Buffalo at eight, I guess. I was just looking. I guess trying to compare both Detroit and Ottawa and I kind of just um, liked what Detroit did, I guess, in terms of overall a little bit more, but um, Ottawa's definitely um, a really, I guess a team that made a lot of improvements. Like you said, they went on, they went on a crazy run. They're making uh, crazy upsets. So um, I wouldn't be surprised if Ottawa ended up like upsetting a bunch of teams, even in this division as well. And I guess I put Buffalo as last, uh, mainly just because they're rebuilding. They had a really rough season um, last year. Um, unfortunately, I don't think they're out of the woods yet for this um, season, especially with the division that they're in. Yeah, I'm going with uh, Detroit at seven. Um, yeah, like you said, they made a lot of improvements. But then again, this is a tough division. They could surprise teams as well. Um, with their, I guess their defensive style and good goaltending, but they just need to find the goals from somewhere. Uh, so that's why I'm kind of don't have the confidence in them as much as some of the teams above them. A uh, number eight, I have Buffalo for the same reasons as you. They were the worst team in the league last year. Probably going to be one of the worst this year. I think even if they j- get Jack Eichel back and he does play, um, I don't think it's enough to improve this team. They just don't have a lot of depth. They uh, you know, they traded out a lot of their team because clearly the rebuild that they did didn't end up working. So it looks like they're heading into another one. And yeah, it, it's tough times for Buffalo. So yeah, I have them at eight. Yeah, for sure. And uh, do you have any final thoughts? Yeah, this is going to be one of the most fun divisions to watch. Probably the division I'll be watching the most considering Toronto's in this division. I like watching Ottawa a lot as well. So um, yeah, there's definitely some great games that are going to happen out of this division. Florida versus Tampa is pretty much much must-watch TV at this point between the two Florida teams, as well as that sort of rivalry with Toronto, Montreal, and Ottawa. So, um, And then we know like Toronto, Montreal, uh, they have their rivalry, Montreal and Boston, Toronto and Boston. A lot of good rivalries in this division. Um, yeah, it's gonna, there's going to be a lot of good games here. Definitely going to be fun, and we'll definitely see how the standings shape out at the end of the year. Yeah, for sure. I'm actually wondering um, how the, I guess, arena situation is looking like because uh, I guess we might see chance, I mean, fans cheering in full force. Yeah, it looks like there'll be fans in every building, whether it's full capacity or not, we don't know. But yeah, you definitely get the crowd in there. It should definitely help teams uh, win a lot more at home this season. Yeah, I think the um, 
the the home, I guess, home ice situation, it's definitely going to be more of a factor this season than last season. Yeah, I actually didn't really change for the most part last season. It was pretty much around standard. So I guess teams, regardless of whether the fans were in or not, they still perform pretty well at home. I think it'd just be more of the atmosphere. I feel like will definitely be a bit better. Um, but I guess in terms of the way teams performed, maybe they performed well at home because you know they're used to being at home. And then if the crowd wasn't there, there was less pressure. So um, I it could go either way. It might be more of an advantage. It might be less, but. Uh, overall crowds are just great for, uh, for the morale of the team. Yeah. I mean, maybe there might be like kind of like a shock, maybe like first two weeks, but then once they get used to it, it'll pretty much be just the same thing. Yeah, I, I definitely agree. It might take time to adjust, but after a while, it should be good. For sure. And I guess uh, that about wraps up this week for um, everything NHL. Uh, if you liked what you watched, um, definitely subscribe, hit the bell for notifications, leave, a, leave us a review, um, give us your thoughts on fantasy relevant players, give us your thoughts on uh, the standings, um, and let us know who you think is uh, going to be uh, one to eight. And if you liked listening to us, you can follow us on Spotify and you can follow us on both Apple Music and Google Podcasts. Um, if you need some sports picks, follow us at FanFanPodcast on both Twitter and Instagram.